Mic check. One, two. Come use your word. Hey, you. That's original. So when you started the meditation, what did it feel like, right? Like, because you're motivated. Hey, you've read. You know what I mean? Like, whoa, sources within. Like, okay, I'm going to do this meditation. Uh, And where we kind of left off when we went on this path was your first time meditating compared to then whenever it really kicked in. Yeah. So, you know, in special operations, we always think we're smart. Right. Right. <laughs> we're, we're, we think we're smarter than we actually are. We're, we're pretty intelligent guys, right. right? So I started Googling what it means to meditate. Right. Right. That was my open source research. And then I went to libraries and I started looking at books and I started pulling books and I started highlighting what pertained to me. Mm-hmm. So basically, I take a snapshot of the whole concept and I pulled out what pertained to me just like Greenberry did yeah so I was really excited I'm like oh this is going to be amazing I'm going to uh, my concept in my mind was there so I had a course of action development already in place so I said hmm, I'm going to visually trap my spirit right that's what I said I'm going to visually trap my spirit because the spirit is always thinking about something Right. You can be here with me, but you're thinking about, okay, where's two going with this? Or you're thinking, does Nate have the right camera? Your mind (laughs) is always wondering. It'll take you to places that you would never even think you're going to go. I remember Sears Cool to be stuck in a cement block. My mind was somewhere else. I wasn't there. So your mind's constantly spinning. So I needed to trap my spirit. Okay. So that was my concept. So I came into my room, my library, and I shut the door and I locked it. Visualizing to me, I trapped my spirit in the room with me. Now I just had to contain that fucking spirit. (laughs) All right? So posture had a lot to do with it. You had to almost sit upright with your your chin over your heart. And and, uh, what I do is I sit down Indian style to connect my body as one complete unit. So there's a constant flow through your body. So your legs mm-hmm. cross over, it's a flow. There's, there's, it's, it works as a unit in your mind. So then you pick something on a wall. I, at the time, I just picked a, um, there was, you know, so we had these uh, drywall and they had the, 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 the indentions on it. Uh-huh. So I would pick a certain point on that indention and I would focus on that and I would control my breathing. When I say that, breathing is I... So imagine your airway is a, is a gate. It opens and it closes, and then it's like the, the air comes in, it opens up the gate and comes into your lungs, and then it leaves, it opens up the gate, and it leaves, right? So that's what I visually see in my mind. I'm controlling the breath, and I'm, I'm following the, the travels of that breathing into my lungs and exhaling out, into my lungs and exhaling out. And that's all I think about. There's no, and if I think about, what is my wife cooking up so then my, my mind's not focused on the current moment? My spirit left the room and went up in the kitchen, right? If I'm thinking about my past, I'm, you know, my spirit's now fucking back in Iraq. Yeah. So I had to sever that, and I had to retrain my mind. So the first thing I had to do is I had to live in the present moment. Second, I didn't like the person I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't like the, um, the anxieties I'm feeling. I didn't like the... The decisions I'm making, I didn't, I didn't like the person I was looking in the mirror. I didn't like him, right? And and I asked that person, "What don't I like?" It was the ego. 
It was the same things that kept me alive on the battlefield. Are now killing me. I turned to not like. Yeah. Because you see, I, I moved on. That's why I didn't like that person anymore. I moved on. I don't need those skill sets anymore. Yeah. I don't need to be that asshole. I didn't need to uh, hide my feelings from the team anymore. I didn't need to uh, act like I'm brave when I'm actually fucking scared inside mm -hmm. going into in battle, right? So all those emotions, right, I wanted to sever. I wanted to kill. So in the book uh, uh, Five Rings, Miyamoto Masashi, mm -hmm. in the book of Void, right? So he wrote Book of Five Rings. He wrote Book of Water, Book of Earth, uh, Book of Fire, Book of Wind and Book of Ground, all right? So void was my, uh, the biggest thing. There was an emptiness in my body. There was, um, there was uh, no emotions at one time. Mm -hmm. I couldn't feel, right? Um, getting off topic just quick, but it ties into yeah. the stories. Uh, thing, number, number Brandon? Yeah. Right? Yeah. So he went through Colorado, uh, and Brandon sat down to me. And he, he was off. His spirit was off. I felt the energy. And this is when I started moving on the path as a Ronin already. So I was in tune to certain energies. And uh, he, he asked me a question one time. He goes, too, you know, we live life on extremes. He goes, so what happened when that extreme becomes the normal? Hmm. Right? And I said, well, you look for the next extreme. Mm -hmm. And he goes, what happened if the next extreme becomes the normal? And I didn't understand where he was going. He, yeah. goes, he goes, there's a numbness to it. So you're always going to chase the next thing looking for to feel alive again. Yeah. Because you're numb to every fucking thing. Yeah. So that's what I mean to be numb is I, I wasn't excited by anything. Sure. Right. And the only way I would get excited is maybe I'll push something into the dangerous realm that's oh, absolutely. taunting my life. Find the edge. Free falling, whatever it is, yeah. you know, that kind of remind me of yeah, turn the juice on. where we've been, yeah. right? But that's not why I want to be anymore. See, I, don't, I never wanted to be that veteran that lived in the past and in the, in the, in the military career is the height of his life. Yeah, service to my God and country oh, yeah. is, was a beautiful thing and I'll do it again. I, I love my country and I love being an American, but that's not the height of my life. See, in the teachings of Bushido, right, in the teachings of samurai, see, Bushido is a word that described the valor and the path of samurais back in the war-stating periods of Japan. It was a hundred years after where the artists and philosophers wanted to write about these gallantries on the battlefield is when they put the word Bushido together to describe their way of life. Now, Bo, Shi, and Do, broken down in three, right? Bo means BU means to intercept the spear. That's what it means. To go to war. Yeah. To serve God and country and defend it. She is the one who can harness that energy, who is strong enough to truly walk that path. So Bo, intercept the spear. She is the one that's strong enough to walk that path. And Do. Do is to take your whole entire life lesson and to truly walk and finish that path. And do means to take your life experience and to give back for the sake of humanity. Mm -hmm. So Bushido is a blueprint for me. For living. It's a living blueprint for me. I already intercepted the spear. I'm strong enough to walk that path. Am I strong enough to continue on this path into do, right? Do in Confucianism that came out of China um, 
in 500 BC. So 500 BC, Sanju days, the warring state of China, right? And this Confucius mindset came out of monks about peace and life and the serving humanity in the midst of all war, mm. right? They came up with this higher level of being a better human being. That's where Confucianism came out of. And Do, it takes that Confucius mindset and to serve humanity by giving back. It doesn't matter what religion you are. You can yeah. truly walk that path of Confucianism, right? Because it's serving humanity. And remember, I told you, I was taught that lesson of humanity at two years old. Yeah. At the, at the highest scale. Sure. You know, so that energy remained with me. So life is a continuous circle. You know, in, in, in life, it's this continuous circle of energy. So for me, it was going back to who I wanted to be in this next evolution. It was to follow the path of Bushido. To do is to give back, to be a teacher to many, to be a role model to many, to help humanity as much as I can in this evolution of my life until I can't do it anymore. So when I meditated, I was able to understand that. And through the process of continuous on every single day and going, oh, God, it's not going to work, but I'm going to keep on doing it. <laughs> right, three years later, I, I sat in the same place. And as I was breathing, the room just went away. Now, physically, the room is still there. Sure, but sure. but I, I, I didn't think about it anymore. Yeah. It just it, it came a haze. And I, I didn't feel any of the negative energy attached me to the past. And I didn't worry about the future. Anymore. You were in the now. I was truly in the now. And I controlled my breathing. And it was almost uh, a sense of peace that I never felt before. Man, it was, it was beautiful. And I, got, I remember getting up and, uh, and I had such energy now with extreme focus. Right, because I I wasn't worried about what other people had to say about me. I I was gonna walk my path, regardless of you fucking talk about me or not. <laughs> I'm going to be the best human being I can, and you either get out of my fucking way, or walk with me and yeah. be a better human yourself. Right, and that was the mindset, and that gave me absolute clarity as a Ronin. Yeah. See, a Ronin to me is, you know, in, in war-stating periods of Japan from, like, the 11th century to the 16th, uh, they were a warring state. They were fighting for territory, land. They served their daimyo, their, their feudal lord, and they had to serve their shogun, right? So it was internal civil war for all that time. You see what I mean? So what came out of it? Yeah. Well, the the... The samurais before, they meditated and they became better human beings by walking that path. I'm just a modern-day ronin, mm -hmm. right? So ronins back then during the war-staying periods, then they had a peace period of Japan, right, where Takagawa unified the shogunite, Takagawa unified all of Japan. So now you had over 300 years of civil war, internal conflict. Now it's a dead hole. It's peace, right? It's not... You know, you shouldn't be walking around with swords like that, you barbarian. You know, right. kind of, so their mindset's changed. Yeah. What's the difference between what we face? Yeah. We were trained to be this high-functioning, uh, multi-purpose tool for the U.S. Yeah. Army for fighting the global war, and then now it's peace. Yeah. It doesn't work for guys for like us. Yeah, not prepared for that, not trained for that. Yeah, so I had to take on a different mindset. So in that process, I had to kill 
my mind of yesterday. So all that ego, all that pride and everything, I let it go. Mm-hmm. Right? I let it go. And to tell you the truth, man, when I let it go, I was truly able to live life and not let the, the little things bother me anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, and the thing that comes out for me, just to reemphasize for everybody listening too, is that, you know, how many times in the early parts of your meditation and studying and trying to walk this new way of life for you, it was complete frustration, meditated like, yeah, that shit didn't work, but you were deviant disciplined, right, because we have that quality about us, but how many times that you were just like, shaking your head on these techniques and tactics it's like for months and months Mm -hmm. right yeah i almost lost my belief system then Mm -hmm. but you know in the process i didn't realize now looking back i was actually becoming a better person yeah it was working for me but i never felt that zuzen yeah zuzen of blurriness and the weight uh weightless feeling that you get from meditation because that's what we talk a lot about is uh in our own paths and you just described it you know is that it's it's not so much really the tactics or techniques that we're using in our own past is the willingness to be a better person. Willingness to seek is where you the put willingness it the one day, right? to seek <coughs> to be a better person, whether that's through bushido, whether that's through hyperbaric chambers, whether that's through talking to a psychologist, whether it's nature, whether it's like all of those different stuff is like you found through action practical application you didn't lay in that room anymore with the with the with the covers there all day saying you were tired you know and it's like i mean you did for a while you know i mean just like all of us have those again i always go back to not so much what the differences are we always talk about the similarities you know i mean but i i didn't do that but i understand that depression I didn't do that, but I understood, like, I'm just tired. But that's what I found, and I noticed even with myself, is that whether it was trying hyperbaric chamber, you know what I mean? It's like, hey, and I don't mean once or twice, like, I did 42 rides, you know what I mean? Like, I had a full deal, and found out, like, well, that didn't really work for me. That was irrelevant. What What was relevant was, is that, Every day when I'm driving there going like, this is bullshit, man. This ain't going to help a guy like me. Like, uh, fuck. But I was doing it, you know, action, spiritual actions every time. And even though like, hey, as that tactic didn't, helps tons of people, but it didn't work for me, I still got all this great growth, like you were saying, because I was willing to seek to be a better person. I was willing to seek healing. I was willing to see whatever my motivations are, yours are, Scott's are, any of us are, you know, is that that's the key. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not, because you eventually find that tactic. Consistency is the key. You know, and it's, and it's, and it's tough. You know I mean? It's just like why most people can't change their lives, you know, when the tough, the suffering period, you know what I mean? Or the, the, the transition zone and all of it, you know, it's like, hey man, yeah, you have to keep going. Because it's so easy to stop. It is. And, you know, when I got out, the first thing physically that I saw that was different was I lost drive in the gym. The The gym is my place of building my warrior mentality, building my uh, my speed, my agility, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. I mean, it's a dojo to me. The, yeah. the powerlifting, the martial arts, that's where I, I escape. Yeah. But I, I, I had no drive to be in the gym anymore, right? So that's what the first thing I noticed. So this is what I did. I didn't care if I was tired. 
I didn't care if I was not motivated. I was going to get in that car. I was going to drive to the gym. And I was going to sit there or I'm going to work out. But I'm there. Yeah. Physically there. Physically there. And, you know, if I'm there, might as well work out. I'm not going to sit around. But it was it was like horrible workouts because I had no motivation. But I forced it. And I forced it. Yeah. Right? Until I overcame that hump. I didn't know what hump it was. But, man, I did not like it. Yeah. Right? Because, dude, I had no drive. And, um... You take away a person's, uh, so the mind, body, and spirit, all, you just grow all three of them at once in the martial teachers, the martial art. You deplete your body of physical fitness, your mind's going to start deteriorating because now you got a low self-esteem. You can't do the things that you used to do, right? You're not physically fit to be a warrior anymore. So all that stuff. So I had to train my body and mind as one cohesive unit, rebuilding my broken spirit, mm-hmm. right? And I, I, I truly thought about it. I wrote like pie charts, like, like a course of action, phase lines. Like yeah. literally I was doing a, a military, uh, military full blown DM, MDMP process on how I was going to reprogram my mind mm-hmm. and get over this. So it wasn't easy. That's what I'm saying to you. It was, it was very difficult, but when I did come out of it, the, the, the haze and, and it, it was slow. The uh, The results is this. I'm driving down the road. And I'm like, wow, I live in Colorado. Look at that mountain. Just small things like that. Oh, I hear a bird this morning. Just small things like that. The, the, the slow integration to feeling again mm-hmm. and living again, you know? Yeah. And through time, I've seen the mountain more. Through time, I saw through the time sun. and maximum effort. There was a lot of effort. You know, it was a lot of times I would go and connect myself with nature, you know, meditate in the rain, connecting myself, grounding myself from earth and connecting myself to heaven spiritually, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I would try a lot of pro- some things fell, some things didn't, mm-hmm. you know, but what what I really found was I had to have the strength to walk away from everything I knew. And that's mm-hmm. the teams. Yeah. Because they're huge. right. The team is all you huge. ever knew your whole life, it's whole adult life, especially. I mean, I had a couple years yeah, out. Yeah, you had a couple, age, not much. Same thing, right? It's our whole adult lives. And you think about the teams. If I ask you, we let's say we're sitting around on the teams, and I say, "What's the best coffee?" Mm-hmm. And you'll tell me, and he'll, he'll argue over you what the best, <laughs> and then it end up being completely something else. What I'm trying to say is, the team's very opinionated, mm-hmm. and it has a culture to it, and yeah. there's an energy tied to it. And I had to, in order for me to move on, to be a Ronin. I had to sever that, mm-hmm. right? And I did. I killed it off. Literally, I mm-hmm. killed off that energy. And it allowed me to approach life differently. Well, uh, to me, the thread, the key thread to all this, and it comes out in all of our stories, is um, the easy answer for, and to me, it's not just veterans uh, out now almost 10 Everyone. years, right, and working in the private sector. It's just part of the human condition. Um in that we all are going to have pain. Um, we all are going to suffer in, in, in some way, shape, or form, right? Um, and it's easier to listen to me, Tom, or you uh, and say, yeah, that wouldn't work for me, and that's not like that. And, and we agree. Yeah. It's like the bigger question is, like, hey, what will work for you? And, and uh, 
hit Tom's point of that willingness. It's like, hey, okay, if, if doing what two uh, does is not appealing to you, it's like, what is? Yeah. And so where I'm going with all this is it comes back until I was willing to be responsible. Yeah. Um, until I was willing to make the statement of, I'm going to go figure out what's right for me. Um, and I'm going to go see if meditation works. I'm going to see if in some cases taking and taking meds works, you know, mm -hmm. whatever is needed at time, but based off of individual independent decisions, yeah. right? Not based off of what the old guys are going to think of me or what anyone else now is going to think of me. Mm -hmm. It's like, Hey, what do I need for me? And am I willing to do the work? You know, and, and that's, and that's really the, hard the common thread, yeah. the willingness and then the follow through, even if the follow through takes me to a place that doesn't work out, it's cool. That's just an, a pivot point. Yeah. It's like, cool. This didn't work. What's next? You know, yeah. for Tom and I, it's, it's been everything from acupuncture to meds to me working with shaman to then going out to brain treatment. It hasn't, it, ne it never ends. No. And that's the other piece. Um, just like the inherent desire for, you know, folks like us and folks we serve with and even live with now and friends with now, these are all people who um, want to achieve. And there's this tiring uh, piece of living that life. And it was uh, one book that we both have read now, um, The Way of the Spiritual Man, uh, no, the, the Way of the Superior Man. Um, and the line in it that just says, hey, stop thinking it's ever going to be over. Stop thinking yeah. you're ever going to mm -hmm. be satisfied. Learn to breathe. Learn to sit on the mountaintop more. Learn, and it's the same way with our healing. As uh, for my healing, I speak for myself. You know, it's it's going to be the rest of my life. Yeah. It's like brain That's treatment wonderful. last summer wasn't the end. We're going back this year, yeah. right? Because why? Because it we we're, we find stuff that works for us. Mm -hmm. You know, um, and it's all about finding out. You know, I would say. Stop looking, stop waiting for the world to figure the shit out for you. I don't care if you served, I don't, you know, I don't care if you were, were in corporate America, you're a banker, you're a lawyer, you're a, a, a stay-at-home mom. It doesn't matter uh, because we all hit the point that two talked about, which is the dark time. It's the time of reinvention. It's a time of repurposing yeah. uh, one's life to walk the next phase. Yeah. The next phase, like not being hung up on what you did in high school, what you did in college, what you did in the army, what you did last year. Like, what are you doing now? Um, and figure it out. And that's what that's what you did too. It's what Tom's done. It's what we do together. Like on your own, mm -hmm. go do the legwork. When you talked about meditation, what was the first thing you said? You went to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> Google it and learn. Google it. Freaking, it requires effort. Mm -hmm. effort, constant effort. Um, and that's like the threads to your point, the willingness to believe that there's possibility greater than where you're at right now, mm -hmm. that life can't happen. Right. And isn't it interesting? I will go back to just the military mindset here. We worked with individuals that were willing to reinvent themselves probably every five to six years anyway. Right. Mm -hmm. I know for us from the 82nd, climb the ladder there, be a cool guy. Boom. Go into SF, start back off at the bottom. Don't really care what you did yep. in the 82nd, tough guy. Yep. Leave there for me, go to SWIC. Oh, you're a rookie instructor, you don't know shit, you know? <laughs> Boom, leave there, go out to the unit. Oh, you ain't done nothing to it. It's just never ended yet for us, and I speak us, the three of us sitting here, after the, it didn't end. 
Like we got out of the military and we signed up for the next unit, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, and had to be the new guy. Um, had to, to, to learn about the ways of an entrepreneur. Yeah. Not the ways of a warrior, the ways of an entrepreneur, yeah. Yeah. right? Um, and have been willing to go to therapy, do accelerated resolution and memory processing, do you know all EMDR, so to all this stuff. Um, so the common threads in, in, in this for change in life, right, is the willingness, right, and the work ethic. Um, and then also the willingness to fail throughout. By the way, like to two's point, Tom's point, like a lot of failures along the way, but they were just pivot points and learning points uh, and to continue to seek, man. Yeah. yeah, because in understanding all that stuff requires courage. Yeah. It's a different courage. And way different than battle. Yeah, the it's a whole different courage. Scary courage over dangerous courage. Yeah, you know, it, it's kind of weird when people talk, well, you guys have courage. It's a different courage. Completely right? different. Is there, there's a courage of war, valor, and that's what we're bred. It's that's easy. in our DNA, right? Getting in a fight. Getting in a fight. <laughs> I, we want it. Right? <laughs> but um, to have the courage to walk on your own, man. Yeah. Gosh. So Miyamoto Masashi wrote a book, Walk on Your Own. So mm-hmm. after he wrote the book of five ranks, he wrote a, a, a different book, you know, the, the Strength to Walk on Your Own. And I read the book, and it, it, it talked about a certain mindset. You know, he even talked about poverty. Mm-hmm. You know, one should not live a life of riches, understand what it means to be poor. Well, it was a green beret, dude. I lived in the jungles and grass <laughs> huts, you know. I lived in the dirt. Check you the know, right? We, we know what it means to be poor yeah. at the <laughs> tribal level, yeah. you know. And, um, but I was scared, man, you know, when I got up. Yeah. I was, you know, and I, I, I was scared of failure, you know, like anything. Yeah. But I wanted to change and um as a as a modern day Ronin, now masterless. Yeah. Right. So Ronin to me to me is now to to truly have the the courage to walk on your own, walk on your own path as a Ronin, as a masterless warrior, as a, a, a to take those warrior ethics and continue to walk that path, you know, the path of Bushi and Do, right? Mm-hmm. Now you're giving back to humanity in your own way. In order for me to do that, I had to have courage mm-hmm. and believe in myself. So I was, uh, I was brainstorming uh, on, on business, right? I'm like, wow, you know, what am I good at? Because in order for you to be good at anything, you have to know your strengths and weaknesses. You have to look within. What are you really good at? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I was good at cameras because <laughs> I'm Asian, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, no, I'm, I'm really creative on my expression. Uh, and I have always kicked everybody's ass ever <laughs> since I was in the army. I, ever since I was, because I was bullied when I was young. Mm-hmm. So I had to learn how to fight. And there was a certain range that I'm really proficient at. Yeah. And it goes into weaponry and everything else. I remember I, I went through all these different countries yeah. and I studied for so many years the pure form of it. Mm-hmm. Even when I was in unit, I invited yeah. a, a Native American in, yeah. you know, to teach me basic tomahawk blades. I mean, it was, I, I got to see some cool shit, right? Yeah. And uh, I knew I was really good at just fucking people up. Mm-hmm. You know, not, not to be conceited, I yeah. was. I was good. No, that's true. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. And uh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's why I brought my pistol. Because <laughs> I, you know. 
got a Ronin knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <and> <laughs> I was like, well, you know, whatever. So not not being consist, uh, conceited, not at all. I was just truthful. Truthful. You were good I at was, fucking I people up. I was good at blowing shit up. Thank so you. I thank you. It. So um, I knew I needed to express myself. So I expressed myself through movement and fighting. Right. Mm-hmm. And to truly educate people on the deeper meaning of a warrior than just kicking down at your door with night vision is truly like, man, we serve our God, man. We mm-hmm. we truly believe in our country. You know, and 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 to be around other warriors that feel the same way, man, it's is amazing feeling. Like think about like in the unit, everybody's just fucking warriors. Yeah. Right? Everybody. You go down to the gym, guys are fighting, guys are climbing ropes, powerly. I mean, these guys are running the freaking prison yard. I mean, it's like, wow, these are warriors. And to me, I felt home there, but now I'm alone. Mm-hmm. So I had to sever that, you know, and then I cut that away and realize where I want to be. So I had all this knowledge in warrior philosophies and, and everything. So how do I carry it? How do I express myself? Yeah. Well, I believed in martial arts ever since I was a little boy. I trained since I was eight. So I took a lot of my life teachings, and I became Ronin. Mm-hmm. You know, I started teaching law enforcement, uh, and I found through the process of me becoming a Ronin in, in the teacher aspect was I was healing, mm-hmm. right? By giving. I was healing by giving, right? And... um <laughs> During the war, I was good to see that smile right there. (laughs) That was just like you could not. In the war, I I wrote a lot of journals. So I had war journals because it was a process. I was a student of war. So I would write down certain emotions if I lost a teammate. um, I would write down that emotion. But during that process, I would write down shit like, Belt sucks, right? Yeah. I wrote down equipment sucks, this and that. <laughs> <laughs> there was certain equipment that sucks, yeah. right? And there was a lot of equipment during that process. Was It was great on a flat range, but we quickly found out climbing through walls. Iraq and walls. Dude, you know, I mean, that shit was moving on mm-hmm. us. So I, I, uh, I got into competitive shooting at one point when I was in the unit, and I designed my own uh, tactical belt, mm-hmm. and now it's those military special operations using my my belt right so we have like that experience that we can give back to the community so i'm always tied into that world the team world Mm -hmm. right and i'm tied into now the martial arts and that's what i i always wanted to walk the path and then somehow i got into hollywood right so uh, (laughs) during the process of how did you get into Hollywood? Well, it's kind of funny. It's <laughs> a funny story behind that. So in the process of becoming a Ronin, I, I realized that I had a, a unique skill set in the martial arts. You know, as in, um, when I say that, it's a lot of martial artists, they would concentrate more on just a physical form of combat, you know. Um, they would concentrate more on uh, a technique or form and get really... Uh, involved in that, but truly a martial art is a blueprint. It's a it's a path to be a better human being through a practice and dedication to some form, some art. Well, us as warriors, our practice was war, mm-hmm. right? We fine tune the art of mm-hmm. killing and finding them, right? And we had many years of experience to back that up. So where do I go? So when I walked my path as a Ronin. 
uh, I started training what was important to me, was the ones that raised their hand to swear an oath to God and country to protect and defend our, our homeland, which is the law enforcement. Right. So I reached out to law enforcement, and that was my first clients. And I, I started teaching the ways of pretty much Bushido. I taught him the way of spirituality through a warrior's craft. And I found out that a lot of civilians needed that, that journey as well. So we, we started training law and by citizens. We started picking up military and law. It, it grew almost overnight. Mm. You know, if I, if I think about it, our class went from four and now we, we sell out seminars up to 80, you know, and seminars are sold, they're gone, yeah. they're sold out. Uh, and we travel a lot throughout the United States. But during this process, I was filming. When, when I was filming, I had to film me teaching because I wanted to launch like uh, online courses. I wanted to share my experience with followers. You know, I wanted to communicate better with people, right? And that's what a teacher is, right? Yeah, a teacher true. is a person that can, can, can look at you and put themselves in your shoes, understand where you are and communicate with you to make you a better person. Teacher, you know, and, and also, the student wanting to be better. Right. That's a requirement. Yeah. If it's going to be successful. Yeah. So uh, during this process, I would fuck people up in my videos. I, would, <laughs> I mean, I would punch on, do blades. I would uh, work hand-to-hand. -hand. But what I brought into the martial art was guns. <laughs> like, not, not everybody's used to seeing... Um, uh, martial arts blending in with guns and knives and, and not in that aspect and I studied that that's yeah. what I did you, you did know it. so I realized that that was a skill set that, that was kind of cool so during that process uh, I played a lot with knives you know and I, I was a green bray and I, I know how to move a knife and um Hollywood called me so well first they emailed me and they're like hey you know we're a talent agency for uh, the History Channel, and you know, we're really interested in bringing in your expertise. And I thought about it, and uh, I realized there was a culture of being a quiet professional in in special forces. Right. But there's also a culture of being a silent professional <laughs> in special forces. See, because if I got out and I was that silent professional, then how is my story going to be told that can possibly help another human being yeah. how could you got out and continue to help out the veterans if you were that silent professional yeah we're quiet professionals right right but we're not silent professionals so i in that process expose the art of bushido the art of budo which is the, 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 the teachings of war you know and i did it through guns knives and so they call me up and they're like, well, we're really interested and um, would you have a phony interview? So they called in, they had me look at a few clips and they're like, what is this guy doing wrong? I'm like, oh, his foot moving too close to get his shoulder. He's swinging too powerful. He needs to let, let go of the muscle. His geometry in that blade is wrong. You know, it's really made for hacking. And they're like, well, what would you do? Oh, I would go over to Gurkha too. And then I went into the Nepalese soldiers and how they were able to cut through vegetation. You know, so I had a lot of experience survival with a knife. Experience-based knowledge. Right. So it was, uh, was going to be a cutting competition, right? So they wanted to do Ninja Warrior with a blade, right? So they asked me one time, they're like, what do you think is a good event? I'm like, man, a good event? You fix a bayonet to the end of a rifle? little crawling in, they're shooting tracer rounds, flares are going, and you come up and you 
Harry just attacks, stuff him in the face. And they're like, okay, so we're not doing that, <laughs> right? But Thanks for your we, bad idea. <laughs> but they're like, yeah, there's a lot of safety in that, but we want to bring you on as, a, as an expert. I was like, okay. And they're like, um, so you're going to be the co-host of a show. And I'm like, well, who's the host? And they, they brought in three guys. Bill Goldberg was the first one. And then a couple MMA, professional MMA fighters. And uh, so we got on, um, basically on Skype. And we're looking at a YouTube video. And Bill is on the other side. And I'm on this side. And the talent agency is looking at both our screens. And they're like, go. And I'm like, do you see that? And you know, so we're basically commentating for a YouTube video on a guy who's chopping through This stuff. was the interview. Right. And I was like, look, he needs to, he needs to. Uh, basically opened up his hip lines and power through it, you know, and Bill was like, you know, give me his energy. So our chemistry was there, Bill and I. We, we kind of hit it off. Bill's a big uh, supporter to the veterans. He loves American veterans. He loves them. Majority of his friends are, are veterans. I mean, he, he has his uh, Dodge collection, and he would send his Dodge to USO just to, as a morale thing for overseas. I thought that was so cool, right? Yeah. And I got to know him. I got to really respect him as a human being, as American. Uh, we, I interviewed with other guys. They were good, too. Um, but Bill was chosen. I was chosen. And, um, yeah, I showed up to Atlanta. That's the new Hollywood. We started filming. Mm -hmm. uh, I was kind of reserved in the first season because this was new for me. Yeah, I had to, absolutely. I had to recite lines and scripts yeah. <laughs> right and um i remember one time i was they didn't uh, teach that in a q course did no they? <laughs> no but you know what was funny is uh there's certain training that we had to do uh -huh. to be somebody else sometimes right yeah so i kind of relied on that training in the military acting acting right because yeah. we had to go through <laughs> that anyways oh yeah, yeah. so uh yeah i, I realized that well i kind of got some training on this so i i delivered and then they loved it. And then they said, hey, <laughs> I Amen. want you to deliver with, m with more anger, hmm. like a ronin, like you, like that, that thing you do. So I did. <laughs> I deliver like a ronin, yeah. right? It was easy. And then, yeah, because it's me. Natural. And they're like, that's it. That's it. And then we, uh, we filmed our third season now. And uh, wow. it's a really popular show. It's, it, it hit 10 countries. Wow. Uh, I had group guys in uh, Mongolia said, believe it or not, I just saw your TV show in Mongolia. <laughs> Japan is huge, uh, Canada, Europe. So I, I'm lucky in an aspect, but I look at it as this because I never let, you know, Hollywood, and I, I never wanted to be involved in that, like, oh, I want to be an actor. No, I never wanted that. Okay. I wanted to use Hollywood as a platform mm -hmm. to help our veterans. I wanted to utilize that as to, sh to be an example the, hey, man, there is life after the military. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you just got to change your, your mindset in certain things. And I wanted to be a voice for the people, mm -hmm. you know, uh, especially the veteran space. Mm -hmm. I wanted that. So I, I realized early on that the History Channel allowed me that platform wow. to do that. And, you know, we, we helped a lot of veterans uh, because of it. So... It was a joyful ride. It's a it's a continuous journey with me and Bill. Um, we're we're talking about other. They're they're contacting me about other TV shows possibly in the sure. future. Uh, once you get in that world, you're in that world. Yeah. You know? um, it's been an amazing journey. Uh, it's been a, a learning experience for me. But in the end, I never forgot my aim, which is 
I needed a platform to communicate with the ones that are, they need it, you know? So that that's what allowed me to do, and I'm thankful for that. Yeah, man. That was a hell of a journey you just took us on. Yeah. I mean, literally, I was telling Tom on the little break we took that uh, – I'm kind of like a little kid sometimes with you in your storytelling ability as well and it's yeah. your knowledge and to know you have experience, everything from, you know, not only your personal story, but your historic knowledge. Um, that's always impressed me about you, um, the purity of the way you walk, your, uh, walk this path that you talk about and the way you live your life. Um, and far from perfect, right? And that's the beauty of friendship as well and the beauty also of your willingness to you know, talking times when, when, when times were bad, you know, uh, when things were hard, um, the mistakes were made, um, and, and, and your willingness even to sit here and say, yeah, I didn't like the person I was. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. You know, what, what the end of the world is, is figuring out I don't like the person I am and then having zero willingness, and, and I stay in that bed. Right. Um, and, and so many times you could have been defeated, um, that you weren't. And, uh, if there's ever a story uh, of hope, um, you have it, right? If there's ever a story of success, of reinvention, of um, evolving, right? Uh, it could have been, you could easily stay in the knuckle-dragging mindset, as we call it, right? Versus, and you know, embracing technology, the internet, the way to communicate. You, you impress me with your focus on Scott. How are, how are you going to communicate with your audience? You know, you've been teaching me since you've been here in the last 18 hours. Um, and really, it's been an awesome experience to, to sit here with you. And I'll hand it over to you, Tom, in case there's anything we're missing. Yeah, man, because uh, the things that we've you know, we've talked about tons of podcasts and crushing the cage, all that stuff that we do, you displayed without us even talking about it. And the, the main things that we talk about, too, which are the require the most courage and the hardest uh, is emotional vulnerability, not physical vulnerability, you know, obviously, but emotional vulnerability and authenticity. You know, what I mean, being true to who you are and telling your story. And then, like Scott says, because we, we are teachers, we know how hard that is. And there's a lot of guys, whether it's martial arts, military instructors, they can be the masters, but can they teach it? No. Can they create more masters? Yep. You know, because we've all had to suffer through, like, some super badass giving a class, doing something. Hey, you know, they're super badass, but they can't teach. You know what I mean? And Can't communicate. You spend all of that time, how do I articulate it in fewer words? How can I really get them to understand yeah. it? You know, all that stuff that I know you spend hours and hours in rehearsal. But I, I also think, too, our background had a lot to do with it. You know, like, Absolutely. what, let's say, so let's just say I teach martial arts, right? What other martial art teachers unified a militia group? <laughs> right to take down pro Qaddafi regimes, and you know what I mean. So we we experience teaching at the highest level yeah. with our lives yeah. because our our students are rebels. Our students are third grade education tribes. Yeah. Now we're trying to overthrow existing government or suppress a rebel force. Right, yeah. and then so you're getting life lessons as a teacher yeah. at the most extreme level. And not everyone can do that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, um, but that's the main things I, I wanted to just bring out. I mean, the level of authenticity, you know what I mean? And, and your ability to display and live 
uh, emotional vulnerability and uh, that's just the two big things that yeah man and hands down in alignment with original freedom and the, you know our mission of the facilitation of the creation of more powerful humans meaning that all we're here to do is wake people up yeah. um the action that's required is the stuff that two talked about it's the stuff that tom talked about and um you know really highlighting the requirement for courage in times that are scary and not dangerous um it's really i'm not that impressed by myself or any other guy that's willing to go get in a, a fucking fight that that's what we do yeah. um what impresses me is our, our our human beings that have the willingness to seek their their own truth and to uh, walk a path of authenticity that brings judgment um, and to walk with head high through that judgment until you find your own path and what you've ended up with, right, is a new tribe. Um, and old tribe member, members were still here, the ones who are supposed to yeah. be, the rest have fallen away. And that's, yeah, that's okay, okay, right? Yeah. And so through walking alone for a moment, um, it's only momentary because next thing you know, you're surrounded by a new tribe of like-minded people that are willing to walk into a new space of reinvention into what's possible after anything else what's possible now appreciate you taking the time to listen today super grateful for all the support that you give us make sure to follow us on facebook on instagram at bog free and until next time this is nate tom and scott from original freedom and two lamb from ronin tactics signing off